Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. I'm really excited because God works in mysterious ways and Holy Spirit is still in and through this whole service. And I feel like um, God's going to share what He has for each one of us. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the Word. And, you know, this summer series, we, uh, we kicked off with a challenge called um, Getting Into Shape. I don't know about you, but when I think about this title, it automatically reminds me of my body shape. <laughs> and when God created the heaven and the earth, He created a formless, shapeless and he, he, he created, a, uh, uh, in the Genesis we see, there was no form. The earth was formless and he, he, cre- he, he brought shape into it. And the creation, uh, there's three parts of the creation that we see. The first one is where God created, God said in Genesis chapter 1. I think if you can go to the first slide, it says, Then God said, let the land produce vegetation. Uh, and the plants came out of the ground. And, you know, plants um, has matter, it's a, it has body. And when God, God, God said, let the, plant, let the land produce vegetation, the, uh, out of the ground there come plants that has a body. And God said, uh, in the second part of the creation, he said, God created animals. He said, let the land produce living creatures according to their, own, according to their kinds. And so animals also came out of ground, and they have a body. But they also have a soul. And then the scripture says that in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And I love that, you know, plants, animals, and, and humans, uh, when God made man, he made out of the dust, he made out of the ground. But the difference here is, even though we have a soul, before our soul came into existence, what came into our body is the spirit. God breathed his breath, his life into our nostrils, into Adam's nostrils. Adam, in the, in the word Adam um, means, um, in Hebrew, it means red. Out of dust he came. But his life didn't come. Uh, his life came through the breath of life, a breath of God. And, and then the man became a living being. In, in, in re, what happens is God breathes his, his, life, his life into Adam's nostrils. In he, and then he be, his soul, uh, if we go to the next uh, slide or so. So that we got body, soul, and spirit. So we, in, 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 in effect, we're not just uh, a one-dimensional we got, mul- we got multi-dimensional, like mu- we got multiple shape in, in our existence. The Holy Spirit doesn't communicate uh, to the body itself, it communicates to the spirit. If you go to the uh, next slide, we see Apostle Paul compares our body to the temple of God. He said, don't, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? And that God's spirit dwells in your midst. In the Austrian culture, when we think of temple, uh, we really 
don't have a clear picture of what temple looks like because that's not what our surroundings are. For us, we can worship God anywhere, so we don't have to go to a temple to worship. So it could, if you, you could hire a city hall building and you can worship there, God's presence turns up there and we can worship God there. But on the eastern part of the world where I grew up, in Asian, Asian part of the world, temples are everywhere and it's a special place. It's not just, not anyone can go into it, even to, to this day, you know, with the um, caste system in India and things like that, not every caste, if you're part of the lower caste, you can't even enter the temple, some of the temples. And so it's, it's it considered to be the holy place. It's, it's considered to be a special, special place. And Paul compares our body uh, as a temple. If you go to the uh, next slide. Sorry, I'm really bad at slides. <laughs> I have no gifting in making slides. Like, you know, Rach, you know, Rach is so gifted. Her slides are so colorful and beautiful. And, you know, it, it, you don't have to explain anything. The slide explains itself. Do you have any guess on what the square box is? <laughs> bed. It looks like bed. It was my attempt of creating temple. <laughs> I spent hours doing this. <laughs> um, you know, how our, how our body, spirit, and soul, they're not three different things. They're interconnected. And Paul compares it to the temple. You know, in the Old Testament, you see the temple. And in the temple, you see uh, the, uh, the outside bit is courtyard. And the inner bit is the inside, but on the ins, uh, in, inside of the, the temple itself. And then the inside of the temple is the presence of the Most High. And so when Paul's comparing, he's not just comparing to any random building. He's comparing our bodies to be this special place. I thought my slide wouldn't do a good job of explaining it, so I've downloaded and I asked Ian Barson to download a video. So here is a video that explains what, uh, what I'm trying to say. If you could go back to the city of Jerusalem during Bible times, the biggest thing you'd see is the temple. This beautiful building was designed by King David and built by King Solomon, and they believed that it was the home of the God of the universe. Wait, I thought God's home was in heaven. Well, the whole point of this earthly temple is that it's the place that overlaps with God's heavenly home. The temple is where God lives and rules all creation as king. That's cool, but even Solomon, who built the temple, didn't believe that it could contain the God of the universe, right? Yeah, the building was just a symbol, and it pointed to the fact that all of creation is God's temple. And that's actually what the first page of the Bible, Genesis 1, is all about. Really? It says that creation is God's temple? Well, it doesn't need to say it. The whole story shows it. In Genesis 1, God creates an ordered world out of a dark wasteland by speaking in a series of seven days. Then on the seventh day, God's presence fills creation as he takes up his rest and rule. Similarly, the tabernacle and later the temple were built and dedicated in a series of seven speeches and seven days, after which the priest or king could rest and rule in God's presence. Ah, so all of creation is where God intends to dwell. It's like his temple. Exactly. Now, turn the page to Genesis 2 and we get another portrait of creation. 
This one focuses in on the land. And in the center of the land is a region called Eden, which in Hebrew means delight. And in the middle of delight, God plants a garden in which God and humanity live together. And that's why the temple was modeled after the garden, filled with imagery of gold and flowers. The menorah symbolized the tree of life. It's the place where God dwells with his people. Oh, got it. And check this out. In the temple, the Israelite priests and Levites were to work and to keep the temple in God's presence. This is exactly the job description given to humanity in the Garden of Eden. So these humans were the first priests. But instead of ruling with God, they wanted to rule on their own terms, and they're exiled from the Garden Temple. And like Adam and Eve, Israel's leaders also wanted to rule on their own terms, and they too were exiled. The temple was destroyed, and this left them wondering, did God give up on Israel? Will God bring about a new creation? Well, the biblical prophets anticipated the day when God would create a new temple with a new priesthood. That's when God's presence would fill all of creation. And when the Israelites returned to the land, they did rebuild the temple. But that temple didn't turn out the way the prophets hoped. In fact, later Israelite prophets said that this temple was hopelessly corrupt. So they're still waiting for the ultimate temple. And here we come to the story of Jesus. He said that through him, God's presence and rule was coming into our world in a new way. And he presented himself as a new kind of priest. But Jesus wasn't a priest, and he didn't work in the temple. Right. Jesus said that God's presence, his rest and rule, was filling the world through his own life, death, and resurrection. Jesus was claiming that he was the true temple. And this new temple would expand out to include all of creation. That's a really big claim. And it got even bigger. After his resurrection, Jesus said that God's presence would come to dwell in and among his followers so that they would become mini temples. Communities of people where God rests and rules. Exactly. This is the Bible's vision of the church, which is described as a temple. Not a building, but people. Yeah, like when Peter says, you all are living stones built up as a temple for God's spirit to dwell. So at the end of the story, do we ever get a new physical temple? Well, not exactly. What we see is a renewed cosmic temple, just like Genesis 1. And this new creation doesn't need a temple building because through Jesus, all creation is now the place where God rests and rules the world with his people. Now we know that our body is the temple of God. So in us is where the spirit rests, in, in us where we have the presence of God dwell in us. And the shape that is we're trying to work out is not the physical shape, it's the, the shape of our heart. Because in First Samuel, it says, man looks out at the outward appearance, but where God looks at the inward appearance. So uh, God looks at our heart. And in, in, in scriptures, you find about heart as well in, in, in many other references. It says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth flows. So the shape that we need to work on is, is not only the physical shape, but it's the, the, the heart shape. What are the tools that we are using to equip or, or empower our heart so that our body responds to the spirit and soul. And so the, what our heart is, 
what our heart does is what we feed him. There's this analogy of, uh, of, of, a, of a story that I heard in my Sunday school. is that there was this uh, big cage and there were two dogs in that big cage that didn't like each other. And they both went to fight and one dog, uh, and so the both, one is a good dog and the other one is a bad dog. And so at the end of the uh, f- fight, do you know which dog would have won? in this battle, the good dog or the bad dog? That's right, Chad, you're on the money. The one you feed wins the, wins, the, uh, wins the fight. In the same way, what we feed our heart is, the heart responds to it. What are the spiritual practices that you and I have in place for 2024? I love that Rach encouraged us in, in finances. Who, who are we keep, uh, what are the practices that we're having in, our, in, our, in, in, in this year for our spiritual practices? Uh, this morning, Stu encouraged us, you know, uh, are we giving out of our uh, surplus or are we giving on what we're really relying on? And, you know, I encourage you guys, you know, what, what are the practices? You know, if you want to um, go to the gym, uh, if you want to get into a shape, in a physical shape, you will sign up for a gym. Okay, signing up for a gym is very exciting because uh, not only you sign up for the gym, you go to active wear shop, buy some nice shoes and get some nice uh, um, outfit. You know, you got your towel, you got your bag, bought a bottle um, and you get in there. You do this, you know, you have to sign up, you have to pay money, you have to do some practices to keep your uh, body into practice, to, to, to shred. I love the word shred. I love it. it yeah, it, it kind of really, our muscle is shredded, you know, your muscle is working. In the same way, we need to put some spiritual practices to, in order to have a, 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 to get into a shape of our, our, our heart needs to get into a shape. Not only that, our heart is not only desired by God, our heart is also desired by the enemy. As much as God wants the best for us, the enemy wants your heart so he can destroy not only you, to the people around you. Sometimes I go through these documentaries on Netflix or on these crime shows, and I see how can a human turn into such monster unless the enemy took over his, his or their heart and really ruined ruined it around, you know. Um, in Matthew, I think in Matthew, uh, we see when Jesus was walking um, from his, uh, to his own town in the, in the, in the town of Gerasenes, if I said it right, there were two demon-possessed men. The, these two demon-possessed men come to Jesus and, and they beg and plead God to, if, if God going to cast the demons out, cast them into the herd of pigs. You know this story? Yeah, you might have heard this story. Because this spirit needs a dwelling. You know, the, even the evil, evil spirit needs a dwelling place. And so they plead and beg God to be sent into, in, into, the, into the herd of pigs. And I want to encourage you guys. Who are we giving our time to? Who are we giving our attention to? Who are we, uh, where, are, where is our attention is focused towards? I want to encourage you to think about it. Because, you know... Holy Spirit is, is not limited. He's unlimited. I don't know uh, if you've been to this restaurant called Sizzlers. In, in, when, I, when I first came to Australia in 2009, this restaurant Sizzlers. 
was around. It's not there anymore. The, the beauty about this Sizzler's restaurant is you could pay a certain amount of money. Doesn't matter. Uh, you can have everything. Like, you can have N number of desserts, N number of mains. It's the best thing. I feel like you get not only uh, one cuisine, you got multiple cuisines. You know, growing up in India, we do have buffets, but it's all not multiple cuisines, it's all Indian cuisine. So it's like 100 different varieties of curries. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, any, any um, all-you-can-eat places that you go to, they've put things in a strategic place. You know, they, they put the breads and the carbs in, in front before the, the expensive meat comes out. You know, um, so the trick is to avoid that. Go straight to the uh, where the sauce is. Um, but like Sizzlers, you know, you can eat eat it all. With the Holy Spirit, you can have as much as you want, but only according to the appetite that your body allows you to. Like uh, your spirit allows you uh, allows you to. You know, there are people uh, in India that I saw. They can eat literally two cages of rice in one sitting. <laughs> you know, one cup of rice, you know, you can feed a family of two or three. But that, the way they worked out that appetite is by eating more and more, and then your appetite grows more. In the same way, with the, when we can grow our appetite, our hunger for God, by putting things into practice, by digging into Word. I love the 30-day plan. Whatever plan works for you, you know, for some 365-day plan works to read the scripture. And for some, you know, it might be just chapter reading by uh, verse by verse. Whatever practice that it works for you, make it a habit and put that into, into your practice. You can, we can ask the Holy Spirit, um, you know, it, it says, uh, Holy Spirit within you. When God is inside, when the Holy Spirit is within us, it can operate differently. But when the Holy Spirit is upon us, it operates differently. And that's what the scripture says. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. The first thing is that we receive power. How many would love to have that power? You know, I would love to have access power. You know, if, if, even if you ask a, a, a young kid and go and ask them if you, have a, if you would like to have a secret power, they would say, yes, I would love to have it. I want to be invisible. I want to be, time, I want to be in a time machine. You know, they, they come up with all these ideas. But with Holy Spirit, when, when we have, when we receive him, when, he, when he's upon us, um, we receive this power. But that power that's just not limited, but that power that is not contained, but that power that will actually goes through you. You know, it, it, it goes, um, how do I explain this? Sorry, English is my third language, so sometimes my, I need to think how, how I say it rightly. But yeah Holy, yeah, Holy Spirit, when He works through us, we see signs and wonders happen in our neighborhood, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools and colleges. That's what happens when we, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. I remember um, my first, uh, first mission trip was, to go to, it was invited to go to Fiji. And uh, we were doing a youth camp there. Uh, there were close to a thousand uh, uh, people there. That was great. And, and out of the uh, youth camp, we were invited to go and pray uh, at, this at, at this house. And if you, don't, if you haven't been to Fiji, not just the tourist part, but the internal part of Fiji, in, Fiji has a lot of Indian population. And 
what happens is when the Indian population was taken over, they kind of have a culture lock. In a way, some of the dishes that you find in Fiji are more authentic than the ones that we find in India because they are locked into a culture they never change their Indian culture is always evolving and you have new fusions of food that happens but in you know that's what happened the culture gets locked in and this is what happened they also took the idols and the and the and and, and the and the gods that they worshiped there and the culture is so there's so many temples there and I didn't realize that when my friend said we're going to this town, it was a literally a, like an Indian town. Um, I thought that was a bit stereotype of him to take me there. <laughs> but we, me and my friends, we went there. And, he, and the, the, the reason why we went there was it was a request from that family for us to pray uh, over those uh, young boys who came to the camp. They've been having bad dreams and having this uh, uh, evil spirit torment the, them and their family. Hold on, this is a bit of a story, but don't panic because Holy Spirit has this, our God has a supreme control. He, is, he has power over every, every darkness. There's nothing in this world that God, uh, God cannot do. Uh, you know, Matthew 19, 26 said, with God, all things are possible. And so this is where I'm coming from this, with sharing this story is that when we asked, we were asked to pray into this, over this family and all of a sudden i was scared when i heard oh evil spirits and praying over 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 the family and this is my i'm still in bible college then anyway i i I asked god lord please help me and god asked me to you know remind me the story of jericho walls and so he asked me and my the team that we went there let's march around the house seven times and we dedicate that house to god and we went into each room and we started praying and praying over the over the over the, um, each, 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 each area of the house. And when we finally got through the final room into, into, the, into the last room, there was this older lady in that room. And she was the grandmother of the family. And she, her body became this being of the evil spirit. And so when we started praying and speaking life and giving the, the control and the authority over to, God, over, to the, over to God, all of a sudden, this old grandmother fell on the ground and she started crawling like a snake. And, and we, start, when we started praying over her and I started, instead of praying in English, I started to pray in my language, which this older lady or the family don't know. But I still prayed in my language and asked questions, and she responded in my language. Uh, long story short, we pray over it. God delivered her um, and delivered the, the, the family um, uh, from, the, from the evil spirit. Because the place that we were in, I literally felt I was in India. There were flags of the idol worship that I've seen. And in India, when you go there, you see the spiritual difference. Here it's a bit hidden. You don't, you don't really see it as much as, as powerful as what you see, um, when, as what I have experienced growing up. But the, the, more, the, the reason why I'm sharing this story is, you know, I was an ordinary man. There was no power. There was nothing that I've, I've, ne- I've ne- had no experience in leading something like this before. 
But when the Holy Spirit comes upon and when we receive that power, even the enemy listens to the voice of the Holy Spirit that is in you. And I love that. I love that God gives us that power. And sometimes, you know, when you, when you go to the gym, it's nice. It's fun first few months. You know, you see weight getting dropped and, and the goals being achieved and things like that. But at some point, the seasons change. The winter weather kicks in. And a reality show starts on the TV. Um, you know, you got Netflix and Maltesers or Mars on the, uh, you know, and things start to change. Uh, and that's the season. It's, it feels like, you know, and, and that happens so because it's easy to lose the first five kilos in your body. But after that, it, it, it plateaus for a bit. Uh, until the big change happens. But in that moment, we find discouragement. In, in that moment, we find um, uh, no excitement or, uh, uh, or, or motivation to go into a gym. But this season is called I, what I call the waiting season. And in this waiting season is where we doesn't matter what the results are, what, the, what our circumstances are, we need to still keep seeking the face of God. We should still be seeking and diving into, this, uh, diving into the Word of God and still continue the spiritual habits. I've heard of this uh, story of uh, a bamboo uh, tree. Have you, I don't know if you heard of this story. Pastor Sue was sharing this with our team. Uh, you know, bamboo, st- bamboo or a plant, when you plant it, um, this Chinese bamboo, uh, it, it, you know, it sprouts straight away. And you see a sprout have, uh, visible in the first, uh, first season. But for about 12 months, you don't see anything else happen. And then for the next 24 months, in the, so when, the, when it hits the three-year mark, all of a sudden, this bamboo shoots up to 30 feet tall. The reason is, in the waiting season, what, we, what our natural eye can see is only what's on the top. But on the inside, the, the roots, the system is going deep in. I remember uh, one of the uh, times, uh, you know, I love getting into garden. I'm not a garden expert, but sometimes I get in, it's the start of the year especially. And I remember planting ginger uh, root. Uh, you know, if you know Indian cooking, ginger is part of ginger and garlic paste. You put it in everything, it just tastes much better. And so I wanted to grow my own ginger, so I put my ginger plant in and a few bits of roots everywhere. And halfway through, I forgot that I even put, put the uh, ginger plants in because the weeds took over. And you barely can see what was planted. But there was that point came after spring where you're trying to re-take uh, everything off and turning the oil upside down, uh, ground upside down. And there I found massive pieces of uh, ginger that I've planted six to eight months ago. And that's what God does in our waiting season. And if you felt like 2023 was a season that you didn't see anything happen, be assured that God was doing something inside something inside of you, something internally in your heart. And uh, maybe, you know, 2024 going to be a year like that for you. But be assured that what God has started in you, He's the one who's going to finish. And I want to, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys that do not be discouraged. It's very exciting to have plans and things in place. But it might come that season, but don't lose hope. 
And, and I want to finish with this little story. Uh, in 2014, exactly 10 years ago, I was living in India at that time. I finished college, moved back to India. And uh, my city is called Vizag. It's a beautiful coastal city surrounded by full of mountains. There is no way that we have many history, much history of cyclones hitting our city. But in 2014, we had one of the worst cyclones that came and ripped through the city. And I grew up on this campus where our church and, and there's mango trees and beautiful uh, mang, mang, mango grove kind of facility, uh, uh, center. But every tree was uprooted. Every tree was broken. Uh, the branches, the leaves. You know, imagine having 250 kilometers speed of wind uh, going through a tree. Every leaves, branches came out of it. But what happened six weeks after that is that wherever the branch was broken, there, right underneath that, a new branch or new shoot started to come out of it. And today, if you see it, you know, um, I wish I, I, I got this picture. Um, recently, I took my family over to India, and the size of a mango that, was, what, that, that came out of those trees is bigger than my head, literally bigger than my head and Indian mangoes they're so delicious they're so good if you ever had a chance to get get a hand on it do it it's so beautiful so delicious and that's what we God created us to be our shape doesn't is not dictated by the circumstances that we are going through our shape has been dictated by the breath of God that has been blown into our nostrils or has been breathed into our into our spirit and so I want to encourage you guys, this year, what if, if we are a group of generation that is hungry for God, that is expecting to see God move powerfully, not just in us, but also through us? What if, if, if our, our play, this, this place becomes a place where wherever you go, not only this place, wherever our city, our region, to places that you go to, where God not only works in you, but also God working through you, how much more life will we see happen in our region, in, our, in, in the people around our, our lives? I invite Sophie to come forward. She's going to lead us in, in a time of prayer. Uh, let's give it up for Sophie. God, I just want to thank you for this night and the message Sam gave. I want to thank you for being intentional about bringing us here tonight to hear this message and allowing us to recognise that this wasn't a mistake but part of your plan. God, we thank you for Sam and his ability to convey your words through a message and I pray that you bring shape into our lives the way you brought shape into this world. God, thank you for breathing your life into us so that we may live with body, soul and spirit. God, allow us to be living stones, temples for your spirit, to dwell and be present. Enlighten us and empower us so that our actions shape our hearts, so that our body responds to the spirit and soul. God, I pray into 2024 that this is a year where we open our eyes to you and your plan and relinquish all control and hand it over to you. The prayer that I've been praying recently is your plan, your timing, your will, your way. I relinquish all control and I hand it over to you. Let me follow the path that you have laid for me, Lord. I also just pray over everyone in this room that the chains holding us to the past and the guilt or shame or conviction that we left 
that we let that go and God, we hand it to you. It is very easy for us to give something to you, God, and then continue to dwell and feel convicted. But as Sam said, our heart isn't just desired by you, it's desired by the enemy. And just as the Holy Spirit needs a dwelling dwelling place, so do evil spirits. So God, I pray that in this moment, everyone in this room finds peace in knowing that when we hand things to you, we are forgiven and no longer need to dwell. In Philippians 3.13, it says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. God, I pray that we let go of the past and focus on what you have laid ahead for our life, that we trust that our past is not ruining what we could be, but trust that there is nothing you cannot do, including turning our past into something greater that can be used by you and for you. God, I pray that we see you in every situation, both good and bad. And when we don't, I pray that you give us the courage to ask to see you in these situations. God, I thank you for the life that you have given us and constant, unconditional love that you provide. God, your plan, your timing, your will, your way. I relinquish all control. I hand it all to you. Let me follow the path that you have laid ahead for me. Let 2024 open our eyes to you, God, and your will for our lives. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.